people believe what they want to believe. Whether this aphorism describes a reality that must be accepted substantively in modern epistemology as a rational, normative, attributive beliefs, or even as an occasional event that serves a rational purpose in epistemology, is equivalent to asking whether it is logically acceptable to assert the truth of P and not, I believe that P, or the truth of P and I believe that not P. For example, can I logically assert as epistemically true that it is snowing, but I do not believe it is snowing, or it is snowing, but I believe it is not snowing? Can I will epistemic truth into a belief despite asserting it is neither true nor seeking truth? This question is known as Moore's Paradox and was contemplated by Ludwig Wittgenstein in his Philosophical Investigations, Part 2, at Section 10. Through his method of considering the contemplation of language being a form of life analysis. It is not always clear what Wittgenstein meant entirely but form, by form of life, given the various uses he made of this term in his investigations. But what is clear, and in fact he probably would have predicted this would be the case, uh, given the nature of language. But what is clear is that he wanted this phrase, form of life, and used it as entire investigations to be a warning that language is often its own word game reality that may or may not clarify actual reality and whatever truths, if any, there are of which we can speak. His famous uh, statement uh, is, philosophy is a struggle against the bewitchment of our understanding by the resources of our language. Let us contemplate Moore's paradox. If the statement, it is snowing, but I do not believe it is snowing, or it is snowing, but I believe it is not snowing, were made by someone other than oneself, whatever absurdity exists is not an epistemic problem, regardless of whether or not these statements exist in something called a mental state. Taking these statements as the same as the sense experience they are, the words as the sense experience they are by our, our hearing of them, we have two options epistemically. We can accept the principle of non-contradiction and that these words exist in a mental state asserting both that it is snowing and that it believes and that this other individual at the same time believes it is not snowing, in which case these statements are epistemically useful to give us justified true beliefs at a minimum and arguably even knowledge that the other person was one uh, Lying, two, delusional, three, ill to the point of interference with language ability, four, trying to be funny, five, simply in error, six, is using his belief as a rule for action. At worst, these words are epistemically equivalent to hearing another person say, I have a terrible memory, I never forget anything, meaning that they are satire and the absurdity can be passed on to aesthetics for contemplation. Thus, the question of whether the other truly perceives that it is snowing while also believing that it is not snowing is epistemically a meaningless question, even if we assume belief is expressing the other's private mental state of belief. We have, simply by listening to the words, we have gained justified true belief and perhaps even knowledge consisting of the options one through six simply from the sentences. This was just as true of the previous contemplated 50-50-90 belief or rule. 
To a civilian unfamiliar with the empirical work involved, at a minimum, such civilian solely from the words would conclude the sailors live, live a life of uncertainty. Of course, these justified true beliefs and perhaps even knowledge options one through six, as I stated, are contingent upon us accepting the principle of non-contradiction and the existence of a mental state in which lies both assertion and belief. Giving the skeptic his due, we only believe the principle of non-contradiction because we want to believe it, but this only further justifies the aphorism at issue is rational. Because without a belief in the principle of non-contradiction, everything is justified and not justified, and we are left with the contradiction of having an epistemology stating we know absolutely only that we do not know anything absolutely. It's self-contradiction. As philosophers such as Hilary Putman and Bogassian have successfully argued, if such rule circular argument is stating that the absolute truth is that there is no truth, and contradiction do not bother the skeptic, it should not bother us. There is no prospect of silencing these, quotation marks, skeptical doubts with respect to matters that are as basic as logic and principles of justification. Because we believe what we want to believe, consisting of the principle of non-contradiction, we can rationally make justified true beliefs and even knowledge of options one through six. If we reject any use or usefulness for the word mental state, we still have, we, there are still options. The statements taken together simply mean that a person who asserts it is snowing also has a belief that it is not snowing. What is the problem with this? This is allowed by the grammar or form of life of our language and is allowed by the logical form. Just as saying, I have a terrible memory, I never forget anything, is allowed by our logic and grammar. At a minimum, we have satire in which the person is trying to state an existential meaning that we discussed in, our prior, in my prior episodes in the philosophy of language that goes beyond the limitations of language and its grammar. Wherefore, one cannot speak, one must be silent, but we never are silent about it. The language of satire may be an issue for aesthetics, but it is not a problem for epistemology. However, Moore's paradox... Uh, is, a, is more paradoxical and more of a problem. If we, if we assume the statement is made in the first person, it is I who is saying it is snowing, but I do not believe it is snowing, or it is snowing, but I believe it is not so snowing. Can I somehow make both these statements epistemically true? Can I rationally have a justified or even a true belief that both are true at the same time? Can I will both to be true statements without being delusional or irrational? Is there a mental state distinct from my physical sense experience state that can control my beliefs about my sense experience? Are these statements when made together simply an absurdity from a delusional person? Though it is almost intuitive that one cannot be mistaken about one's own belief, it is not really so, so if we view language as a form of life. Contemplate the following description by Toy Story in his novel Anna Karina, describing a common human experience. Quotation, At first, Anna sincerely believed that she was displeased with him for daring to pursue her. But soon after her return from Moscow, having gone to a party where she expected to meet him, but to which he did not come, she then distinctively realized by the disappointment that overcame her that she had been deceiving herself, 
and that his pursuit was not only not not distasteful to her, but was of great interest to her. Uh, If we cannot be mistaken nor fool ourselves about our beliefs, how does it make sense to say Anna was able to deceive herself as to her beliefs? Why does the above description make sense, and we know exactly what is meant by it, because it has happened to us, even though it clearly should not make sense, and should not happen, since we cannot be mistaken about our mental state and its beliefs? Does it make sense to be an observer of one's own beliefs, so as to be deceived of what they are, or to be mistaken about them in the same way we can observe or make epistemic sense of another person's statement of belief that seemingly contradicts an assertion of sense experience, so as to conclude the belief options of one through six listed previously? The problem with the paradox when it is applied to ourselves lies in the assumption that the word belief references a real thing or mental state that is belief. I will contemplate this problem and resolution of the paradox in the next episode.